Well, we're going to talk about the covenant of healing today. And like I said earlier, this little book, I'm telling you, I mean, I've, I've got to get some scotch tape hold of it. But F.F. F. Bosworth was really used in healing and teaching on healing back in the, I don't know what hundreds it was. But he calls it uh, the redemptive and covenant blessing of bodily healing. And I like what he called that because we're going to be dealing with, with health issues today. Bodily healing. So we do have a covenant concerning our health and our healing, but we need information on how to get it. <laughs> And how to have it manifest. So we're going to turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. You know, God's given us a covenant of health, but it's up to you and me to walk it out in our life. Because we know that John 10.10 says, Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then Jesus answered that with, But I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. We want that more abundant life, don't we? So we don't want to wait until we become sick before we learn that God has provided for our physical body. And so we're going to go to Jeremiah 17, let's see, verse 14. Heal me, O Lord. Now this is Jeremiah. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Amen. Save me, talking about salvation, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Hallelujah. And I love it that he brought out the part about praise on that. Now, in the um, Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary says this. <clears throat> this is a prayer of Jeremiah. Not, he says, not only make me whole as to the soul, as well as body, which I am exposed. Let me go back to that. As to the soul, as well as body, which I am exposed to by contact. I, I just had to pause and think about that. He's covering here what you're exposed to by contact in the Jameson Fawcett Brown. Is that not what's going on in the world today with it, sicknesses and diseases and colds and flus and all of that, but he says, heal me, and I'll be healed of those that I come in contact with. So, man, make you a good confession about that. Let me go on and read the rest of that. Uh, by, as well as my body, which I am exposed to by contact with ungodly foes and which to the eye of man seems incurable. Pause. And refusing to be healed but keep, keep me so, keep me healed. And then he says, heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. What a confession. So there you go. Contact, that just really stood out to me because disease and sickness is in the land. We know that. And how do we get that? By contact, by the words of our mouth, <laughs> and by contact. And he says... Well, when I come in contact with any of these earthly things, then I'm going to say, heal me, and I'll be healed. Well, you are healed. And Jesus did heal you when he went to the cross. He carried every sickness and disease to the cross. But our problem has been a lack of information, 
a lack of knowledge. And we know that Hosea gives, tells us that that's our issue. But the important thing is we cannot reject the knowledge on healing either. We re they reject it on tithing and get, uh, giving it shall be given unto you and that type of thing. But we've got to get this knowledge. And so I'll just have to confess to you that today this is for me. Uh, you know, the Word of God is for correction and instruction. And He has corrected me on some things. And you know what? I knew it. I knew it. I knew sometimes what I was saying was not good. I shouldn't be saying it. Boy, he has spanked my little hiney. <laughs> emphasis on little. <laughs> he said amen to that. <laughs> but girls, it's, it's, it's not always he easy to get your manifestation on healing. Because we are, our mind and our emotions and our feelings are so connected to what, to the pain, to the words of a doctor, to how you feel. And so we have to fight that. But how do we fight it? With faith. We fight it with faith. We don't, we don't fight the symptoms. The Word of God says we fight what? The good fight of faith. And so without the knowledge of the word concerning healing, we're not going to be successful in getting our healing <clears throat> because it's going to come by faith in what God has already said and what Jesus has already done. And I tell you, your mind will, will run wild with you when you go to saying that I'm already healed when you've got symptoms in your body. But we're going to have to stick to that. And not change our confessions and be faithful to God's word because it is his responsibility if we do and say what he says. He is responsible to watch over his word. Now it takes time because of our faith not being to the level of receiving yet. We have to, we have to continue to say the word, continue to say what he said. And our body will start to respond. And I've been experiencing that. My body is doing super great. The last few weeks, it is just, I've thought, oh, glory, hallelujah. I'm receiving those manifestations, you know, and the energy is just coming. But anyway, uh, I, I like that where he talked about the contact because you need to tell your kids that. You need to pray over your kids. Father, I thank you that anything my kids come in contact with, like in school, Anything that my kids come in contact with, then praise God, they're healed from, they're delivered from all of that that they come in contact with. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes after the word. He comes after the word that you're saying about yourself and about your children. So we've got to continue to say what the word says, okay? So heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Now the Clark Commentary says this, that is, I shall be thoroughly healed. He says, I shall be thoroughly healed. To me, that just puts more emphasis on it. Amen. And then it requires faith for you to be healed. Do y'all realize that? It requires hate, faith because we are so sense-oriented 
But the word of God says we shall not live by bread alone, but we shall live by the word of God. And it says that we, we are to live by faith and not by our physical senses. Okay, so a good example of us, of how important the word is and what the promises are. Now, I'll just walk over here because she's got a new little baby. <laughs> if you are your older little girl, what's her name? My oldest, Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. 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 Yeah. If you told Charlotte that you were going to go take her shopping and buy her a dress and a pair of shoes, do you think she'll expect you to do that? Yes. Yes. But if you did not tell her that you were going to do that, she wouldn't expect it, would she? Do you get the comparison? The same thing is true with the Word of God. If we don't know God has promised it, we won't expect it. But the Word of God will put expect, expectation in you if you will continue to see what his promises say. You know, faith comes by hearing and not by having heard. And that's why you've got to continue to hear the word of God. But little old Charlotte now, I tell you, you these little kids, if you tell them you're going to do something, they're going to hold you to it. But, but if they didn't know, I, I, I'm trying to think... Uh, I know Chelsea, when she picks up her kids, they expect them to, Emily expects to go by and get coffee, <laughs> whatever it is she gets. And she'll come in my house with this little cup of coffee, and you know where she goes. But if, if her mama did not tell her, well, we're going to go by and get you, what, what is it she gets? Oh, chai tea. Excuse me. Let me tell you, she better stick to what she told her because that's a promise. Our words create promises. And God's word, he has spoken, cre has created promises to you and I. And I expect him to watch over his word to perform that he has released to us. He is... He is not a man that he should lie, the word of God says. But he does watch over his word. But we open our mouth and mess it up. We've got to stay true to his word and we've got to say what his word says. I don't care how you feel or what the doctor says. I, I told someone the other day when I got a report I didn't like, I said, I'm moving on. And that's my words. I've been telling everybody I'm moving on. And I am. What do I expect? I expect his promise to be manifest. He said he sent his word and healed me. He sent his word and healed you. Then what is my medicine? His word. Do I take the medicine the doctor gave me? Yes, I do, but I speak over it. That it will accomplish what it needs to accomplish. But I'm telling you, God is responsible for his word. Now, I'm not being disrespectful to the Father. When I say that. He loves it. And, and you can take his word. Whatever it is. And we just got through dealing with the financial finances. 
he said in Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we may go to some of that concerning health after a while if we have time. But he said that he would bless everything you set your hands to do. Are you expecting that? Are you, you know, if you're in business or whatever, are you expecting everything you set your hands to do to be blessed? Well, he said, I love it. He, he loves it when we, we're not putting him on the spot. But his word does put us on the spot, doesn't it? Where we have to follow through with what his word says. So then I should expect what his word says, what his word promises me concerning health. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Let me get over here. Girls, we, we just, this word has so much power in it. It is, it is just so much power in it. Praise God. All right, let's look at verse um, 12 through 15. Oh, boy, that you be not slothful. You know what that word means, lazy. So let's just say that. That you be not lazy but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So, he's given you really two good clues here. If you're going to inherit the promises and have them working in your life, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to have faith and you're going to have to have patience. Patience means the ability to stand in adverse circumstances without complaining. That was Tom's definition. So patience is very important. It is very closely connected to your faith. Faith and patience, faith and patience. And so if you're saying the word of God and you're not seeing or feeling the manifestation, have patience. Your body's listening to what you're saying. And it will respond. Okay, so when God made promises to Abraham... Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he was patient. We are, see, we are such a gotta-have-it-now generation but that's not the way the word works unless it's the gifts of the Spirit. They're instant. But otherwise, we're going to have to have the patience and wait patiently. Now, then, I love the way the Message Bible said this. Don't drag your feet. Pause and think about that. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to him. Committed faith. And then in that verse 14 in, that, in the Message Bible, it says, He said, promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck to it and got everything that had been promised to him. He stuck to it. That meant that he had some obstacles to come, an opportunity to come for him to doubt. But he stuck to the promise. And he got everything that was promised to him. 
How powerful is that? What a great example. And another thing that verse 18 in the Message Bible says, God can't break his word. And I like this. And because he can't, his word cannot change. God's word can't change. The promise is likewise unchangeable. His promise is unchangeable. Praise God. God's word translation says, So Abraham received what God promised because he waited patiently for it. Okay? Patience and faith go hand in hand. And you've got to remember what faith is, that it's, it's in the realm of the unseen. That means you don't see it yet. When you receive God's promise, you're not seeing it yet with your physical eye or your physical body. But it will come. That's what faith is all about. Okay, let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. We know, we know this one. We know it, you know. But do we know it? Do we do it? Oh, man, where do you start in Proverbs chapter 4? I mean, that whole chapter is awesome. Okay, let's see where I want to start. Let's start with verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart. My words, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. So when he said for they are life to those that find them. That means we've got to search this thing out. So when we're having health issues which we're dealing with today. Then we've got to go and search the word out. And when we read these scriptures like we're reading today, we've got to apply them to our life. And he says, when you find my words, and God's words are seeds. And seeds always produce a harvest. So sometimes what you're doing is sowing a seed. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. The word says that. He sent his word and healed me. He says that. Those are seeds. And so you will receive the harvest once you plant them in your heart and in your mouth. We have to plant the word to where it comes out our mouth. And then the seed will grow up. We know not how, (laughs) the word says. And it will begin to produce something in our life. So he says they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Then he goes on and says, keep thy heart with all diligence. Now then, when you do a study on this, he's not just talking about the spirit man. He's talking about your soul here. So let me substitute that. Keep thy soul with all diligence. For out of up here comes the issues of your life. And I have written in my Bible, keep thy heart with all diligence or my soul with all diligence. For out of it are the boundaries for my life or the forces of life. From right up here. And we know that what we're having to do is to renew this mind. We've got to get this mind in agreement with what God's word says. And this is where our trouble is, is right up here. We've got to get the two in agreement where they'll be in unison. 
because a house divided against itself cannot, shall not stand. And if this up here is divided against what's in here and you don't go with what's in here, then you're going to have trouble receiving whatever. He says, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Now, then, I like this verse 25. He says, when, he, when that verse 21 says, where he says, let them not depart from your eyes, he, what's he saying? He's saying, stay focused. Stay focused. Let thine eyes look right on. Stay focused, in other words. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. And ponder the path of thy feet. And let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. So he's saying it's real important to stay on course. Keep your focus on what the word says so you're in pain today. Keep focused on what the word says. Well, you've got to start saying the word. And you have authority. We have authority. We need to learn to release that authority against whatever is bothering us. And then we've got to hold fast and not lose focus. No, I said this and so, buddy. So you're, gonna, you're going to respond to my words, not to what I feel, not to what anyone else says. Amen? So these are really important scriptures that you have to get a hold of. So God's prescription for health is Proverbs 4. It's his prescription. Notice there are three areas we're to pay attention to. If we're to have the help that he has promised us, incline thine ear to God's words. That was one of the things he said. Well, do you? And what does incline mean? Pay attention, look at, remember. Incline thine ears. Let that be what you hear. To God's words, he says. And the Message Bible says this. Listen well to my words. And that means pay attention to my words. And then the second thing he said was, tune your ears to my voice. Tune your ears to my voice. And I think what he's talking about there is your comprehension. You've got to comprehend. You've got, the more you say it, the more you can comprehend what he's saying. And what I always do is, okay. What are you trying to tell me from this scripture, Father? I've got to comprehend what you want me to know. I don't want to just say it and read it. I've got to know what you mean for me concerning this. So we're in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. So he says, tune your ear and to my voice. This word is God's voice to us. He has a voice. And let me tell you something. Your body has a voice too. If you think it doesn't have a voice, you stump your toe. And his voice, that toe's voice will come out of your mouth. Amen. And you'll grab that foot. So our body has a voice, but God's voice is stronger than what our body is saying. And then the, he says, open your ears to what I say. When you, when, when you come to a Bible study or you go to church or you're reading the word for yourself or whatever, 
Open your ears. Say, okay, Father, I'm going to open my ears to hear what you have to say to me today through this particular word. Amen. And then the third thing he said was, let these words not depart from your eyes and keep them. Don't lose your focus. You've got to keep them. Keep those, his words, I mean, just like frontlets, you know, where that's all you see is what his word says. You know, when, when Paul, when Tom's daddy, we call him Paul, used to uh, do his garden and plow with number seven, his donkey. By the way, he had a spiritual donkey. He got to carry Jesus at first assembly every year in their play. That was Paul's donkey that they used in that play. Number seven, he carried Jesus in. So, you know, they put these blinders right here. Why? Yeah, They'll, so that they will not be distracted and they can plow a straight line. If they don't get their attention somewhere else, like the barn, because they're going to go wherever their attention is. And the same thing is true with us, with the Word of God. So that's why the, important, the importance of the Word of God. So let them not depart from your eyes and keep them. Don't lose your focus. Now, if you go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription with instructions on it, it'll say how often you take them and when you take them. And, but what happens if that prescription remains in the pill? I mean, in the, in the bottle, those pills remain in the bottle. What happens? Nothing happens. Why? Because they've got to get in you. The medicine has to get in you. And we just read God's prescription for health right there in Proverbs 4. We've got to get it in us to where that's what comes out our mouth. And you know, it, isn't it amazing how we can trust the prescriptions that the doctors give us? You know, I mean, it says... In fact, they'll even ask you now, are you taking it on time? You know, but we trust that. Let me tell you, I speak over mine. Make sure they don't do anything they're not supposed to do. Because you can get in trouble there also. But we're, it's so easy for us to, to obey the prescriptions that the doctors give us. I mean, if it comes time, you know, you know my phone, I tell Siri... Siri, set the alarm for 7.30 p.m. Why? Because that's when I take certain pill. And we do that. But we've got to be that faithful with the Word of God. You may need to set it for 6 o'clock in the morning or 5.30 or whatever you need to where you'll get up or talk to God. Set you, tell Siri, she'll wake you up. Amen. Okay, so, the same is with God's Word. We've got to get it in us, girls. When it's in us, we've got to get it in here, and we've got to get it in here. To where there will, it will flow like music. It will just be in rhythm with each other. And there won't be any division between the two. Um, Matthew 4 and 4 says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4, 4. 
That's how important the word is. And we give more emphasis on the bread that we eat, food that we eat, than we do the word of God. But he says, man's not going to live by the food you put in your body alone. He says, you're going to have to live by the word of God. And we're living in the latter days. I believe that with all my heart, and I'm sure y'all are in agreement with that. But we've got to have the word of God if we're going to have that abundant life. And we're, if we're going to walk in health, because diseases and all of that is rampant in the land today. It's in the earth. But... We're not of this world. Amen. Then John 10, 10. I want to go there because we do have some that may not be as familiar with it. But I like to read it. That way my eyes are seeing it. And my mouth is saying it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John 10, 10. This is, I'm telling you girls, you've got to have this as part of your knowledge. Otherwise, you're going to be blaming God for what happens to you. And that's what people do because they don't know this. So therefore, they thinking God is doing all these bad things to them. And that he's bringing the sickness and the disease. But he's not. Okay, John 10, 10 says, The thief. And I have written above the word thief. Talk, of course, we're talking about Satan. The works of Satan. The thief, the works of Satan. Cometh not... But for one reason, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus says, and, and Jesus is speaking this whole thing, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And then I transferred that thought over into the works of Jesus. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. How are we going to have that? But what he did. By the works that Jesus did. Amen? I mean, he, he carried all these diseases and things to the cross. And he defeated the enemy. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Praise God. So that's a really, really important scripture that you know Know that you know that anything bad, you can draw a line. We used to do that in the olden days we, when they had chalkboards. We'd draw a line and Satan on one side and Jesus on the other. And we would put all the bad things that happened to us under that section of where Satan was. Because that's where they belong. They belong under him. Anything bad. Anything that's not good, you can blame all this sickness, all the diseases, all the pain, all the family problems, all of that kind, all that junk, you can put it under the side where uh, Satan's works. Let me tell you, he has come, he's, the attack on families is very, very big right now. I'm telling you, if he can get to the family, he's He's mad. <laughs> He's bad, and everything bad, if there's strife, whatever it is, Satan is the instigator of all of that because he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. Friendships, he's come to destroy friendships. I mean, he, he's, he's mad, and he also knows that his time is about up, which makes him worse. Amen. So, 
All right, let's go to Acts 10. I'm giving y'all a lot of scriptures today, but I want you to get this knowledge. Acts 10, I'm thinking it's 38, Acts Romans. Because what I'm, what I'm wanting you to do is to get into your head that God is good all the time. And Satan is our problem. But Jesus defeated him. And then Jesus turned right around and gave us the answer of how to walk in that freedom that he bought for us. Okay, John 10.10. 10, I mean, not John 10.10. 10, Acts 10.38. I'm thinking. I'm going to go back up to Acts 10.36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. The word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So that scripture tells us right there where all the problems come from. It comes from the devil. And God said he anointed Jesus with power. And when he anointed Jesus with power, then Jesus could go about doing good and, and setting free those people that were being oppressed by who? By the devil. So you have that same power. You're anointed to overcome the oppression of the devil in whatever form or fashion that he comes at you. And he said, for God was with him. Well, guess what? God's with you. You are anointed to overcome. Even our faith, it says, in, in uh, I think it's, it's the third John, first John. This is the victory. Even our faith. So faith, this word will give you faith to overcome whatever situation. And this word will give you the words to use to be that overcomer. It will tell you what to say. It will also tell you what not to say. So this word is very important. Healing all that were, uh, that were un well, I'm trying to think what one of the, the uh, uh, commentary said healing healing all that were under the devil's power healing all that were under the devil's power you know what don't let your family history control your thoughts and your tongue Tom used to have a saying I've been regenerate, regenerated amen praise God and your insurance companies and all of this. Now, I, I had to fill out some papers uh, this week for a test that I'm going to be having, uh, one of those sleep things, you know, where you're supposed to sleep. Well, praise God, I'm believing I'm going to be able to go to sleep so they can do that. But, you know, they, they want your whole history, your family's history. I thought, you know. And if you take out insurance, they want to know all of this mess that your family had. Well, you know, if you're going to do that, you do have to write this stuff down. And I thought, 
dear Lord, do I, really? You know? I thought, this ain't right. What? They're just trying to get you to confess it. They're after your mind. They want you to say everything that mama and grandma and cousin and all of that had and died and all that kind of stuff. They're messing with your mind. And I was trying to think, uh, Annette Caps has out the little book. Um, you got it? I'm trying to think what, what the name of that. Oh, Generational Curses. She has a little book talking about the generational curses. Well, uh, turn to Isaiah 53 real quick. We're going to find out some things here. Generational curses. It's a good little book, and it'll it'll set you free. But it really, it it really uh, makes me a little bit mad when they think you've got to write all that mess down. Well, they'll go back to way back yonder. It's just I just don't let them have my mind on any of that. Okay, let's look at verse. Well, let's just start with verse 4. Surely he, Jesus, hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And, and some of those translations talks about pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. See, they're saying here that, that they thought it was God doing this. Well, we just read the scripture who it is doing all these things. It's the devil. It says, but he, they thought he was doing all this. He said, but he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. We are healed. It's already done. It's already paid for. Jesus carried every sickness and every disease to the cross with him. And he, he nailed them there. So he says, all we... Like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Okay, look at this. What, what was Jesus' response? This is the way ours needs to be. He was oppressed and yet he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Now God's been correcting me on some of this for myself, you know. You can't talk it. Jesus didn't talk his pain. He didn't talk how oppressed he was. He didn't talk about how afflicted he was. Don't you know he wanted to just yell it out? But he was smart, and we're smart. Amen? So he opened not his mouth. He didn't talk about it. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb so he opened not his mouth. Wow. What a lesson for me and you and everybody. Amen. Okay. Now Matthew Henry commentary says this. He kept possession of his soul. Because when our mouth speaks, it's going to speak what we're thinking. And it says that he took, Jesus took possession of his soul. I mean, Jesus was a man. You've got to remember that on this earth, just like you and I are. And so he had to fight the same battles of faith like we do. 
he had to control this up here because you know the pain that he must have suffered. But it says, Matthew Henry commentary says, he kept possession of his soul. Well, when you're being afflicted in some way, you've got to take possession of your soul. In other words, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions, and all of your thought patterns. You've got to take possession of those. Uh, in other words, this is Matthew Henry. In other words, when the pain was so bad, and, and when he looked at his body, and you know his body looked terrible, he kept silent. Oh, Lord, I know you're talking to me. I mean, I received that instruction. He didn't say anything negative. He didn't say, I hurt so bad. He had you and me on his mind. He wanted us to have freedom from sickness and disease. Now that part right there is really, it's not an easy thing. But it, it's all going to go back to how we control this up here. When the pain's there, when the weakness is there, we've got to stay focused because on the word, because God's word says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, let the poor say, I am rich. We've got to stay focused on those words. And, and I'm not telling you that it's always easy to do, but it is very possible our God wouldn't have said it. So today, we're learning the vocabulary of silence. And that's something that Kenneth Copeland told Jerry Savelle. I'll never forget that when Jerry taught that. Copeland told him, Jerry, you need to learn the vocabulary of silence. And that's what we've got to do. Um, now, when you're, when you're talking with someone to get them to agree with you in prayer or something like that, but it shouldn't be an everyday conversation. That we, what, that we share all the pains and the discomforts and all of that, and, or if it's financial, whatever it is, anything negative. It shouldn't be a way of life is what I'm trying to say for us to do that. And, and he has corrected me on, on some things that, you know, keep your mouth shut. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, vocabulary silence. Unless you're saying what the Word says. Now, one thing that I say, I have different people message me and text me and my answer is always all is well that's my answer all is well they want more they want more they want you to say more okay okay so let's go to psalms 107 and let's look oh i love this is one of my favorite scriptures Let's look at verse 19 and 20. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Praise God. So when they cried out in verse 19, how did God help them? Look at verse 20. He sent his word. That's how he helped them. Well, his word has been sent to you and me. 
It says that he sent his word and healed them. One of the scriptures says. So that's what Jesus did. That was his answer. And that's got to be our answer when we're under physical attack. We've got to realize that we have a covenant of healing for this body. But we've got to line our, line our thoughts and our speech up with that covenant of healing. And then in verse 21 it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I guess so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for carrying every sickness, disease, every curse to the cross. Getting rid of it. And telling us how we can stay rid of it. Amen. But let me tell you, it takes a lot of diligence on our part. We've got to apply the word to our everyday life. You know, I knew all these things that we're talking about. I knew it. But I let myself slip a little bit about some of talking it. You know. So I'm, I'm through with that. And this is something that the Holy Spirit asked me when I started saying this. What have you been saying about your health and your body? I said, well, why are you asking me that? Because I'm trying to correct you. So what have you? I'm going to turn on you. So what have you been saying about your health and your body? You have to answer that. And you can apply this to any area of your life. We just finished the financial area. What have you been saying about your finances? What have you been saying? The Holy Spirit will, will correct us, and I'm thankful for that. I, I am so thankful for instruction and correction. Because we get so caught up in the world system and because we're in the world. Let's look at Isaiah 33. I'm giving y'all a lot of scriptures, but it's the word that's going to set you free Amen. and keep you free. Okay, Isaiah 33, verse 24. Oh, I, I, I love this. And the inhabitants of the land shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquities. The inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. Wow. I tell you, I, I, got, I didn't have time to do a lot more study on this particular one, but this you need to go back and study this where he said the inhabitants of the land shall not say I am sick. There's a lot of history there and a lot of commentaries that you need to read. And I got so busy reading commentaries this morning that I didn't have time to really quote a lot of that or bring a lot of that to you. But, you know, if it was good for them, it's good for me. The inhabitants shall not say I am sick. Why? Because you're going to have what you say. That goes to Mark 11, 23 and 24. That we're to say to the mountain, be thou cast into the sea or get out of here. But he said you can have what you say. And anyway, so you've got to not say I am sick. You, and, and it's not, we're not talking about denial. Because, so you're sick. But don't talk it. 
don't proclaim that. Instead of, you know, when we pray, we don't pray the problem to God. We pray the answer. Always pray the answer. So my body doesn't feel good, then I'm, I'm going to say, but I've been healed by the, by the stripes of Jesus. And that the word says that let the weak say I am strong. You know, say what the word says because your body responds to your words. I'm telling you, man, I've, I've really had to quit confessing this about my sleep. Mercy. I, I mean, I've been guilty of that. You know, I'm, I'm starting to say what the Word says. And I've been thanking God for my sweet sleep. Amen. Amen. Now, I've always been good at, and, and I'll have to give me a pat on the back on this, but it's the Word of God. I've always talked to my body. I mean, for years I do this every night. And y'all know what I'm going to say. Now, body, when you get up in the morning, you're going to have energy. And it's going to be as if you have had eight hours of sleep. And you know what? I walk in that. And I may not get but three hours or four hours sleep. But because I've been saying that, but I need to say more than that. And instead of just as if I've had eight hours sleep, I I'm, I'm need to start saying, okay, I have so many hours of sleep tonight. And so but what I was saying was working. I mean, I just keep going, just like the little energizing bunny, you know. You just keep going. But our words are, are so important. They're powerful. They're, they're something that we need to really watch what we're saying. Okay. Uh, so don't talk sickness, in other words. Don't talk it. And, and just say what the word says. And I don't know why we think we've got to share it. You know, I don't know why we think, I want you to know I feel terrible today, you know, but I'm here, you know, and, and we just, that's the wrong attitude. Okay, so let's go to Proverbs 26 and 2. I'm watching my instructor back there, my timekeeper. Proverbs 26. This is really, 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 really a good scripture here. Let's start with verse 1. As snow in summer. Now think about this. Get your mind on it, okay? You got your imagination going? As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. In other words, he's saying honor is misplaced just as snow in the summer is misplaced. Snow in the summer is not normal. It's misplaced. And rain in the harvest is inappropriate. And he's saying so honor is not seemly for a fool. So honor is misplaced if you're a fool. Then here's where we're going. As the bird by wandering, you got that? See that wandering bird with your imagination? And as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. The curse causeless shall not come. Now the curses are all listed in Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 through 14. Those are the curses. 
And then in Galatians 3, 13, I think it's 13. Galatians 3, 13. says that, that we have been redeemed from the curses of the law. And so you can go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, start with verse 1. Through 14 are the blessings. I may have said that wrong a while ago. Did I? 1 through 14 are the blessings. You're not redeemed from the blessings. And 15 through the rest of that chapter list all of the curses. We may look at that. I think we probably will if you want to be going there. But he says the curse that we've been redeemed from does not come without a cause. Sickness does does not come without a cause. The curse causes shall not come. So what we've got to just... And when I went back and did a lot of reading on that, the curse causes shall not come, uh, it talks about sin. There was no sickness in the earth until sin came. But we cause our, a lot of sickness to come on us but not taking care of this body the way we're supposed to. We, but... We think we can get by with it, but we do not get by with it. It's just like, you know, I, I think of this one particular lady. I mean, she, she's my age, and I'm telling you, her skin's beautiful. She, she's not a sun goddess. She doesn't have a swimming pool and, and all of that. And, you know, five minutes, I'm not through. Okay. So anyway, I thought, well, my skin shows my lifestyle of summer and heat and sun and all of that. But you know what? I, I should have been putting on sunscreen all these years, and I didn't. I mean, when, listen, when I was a kid, when I was in, a teenager, the more we could sunburn, the better we liked it. And we'd compare those sunburns. Y'all didn't do that, did you? Oh, you, you've got beautiful skin, too. But anyway, we did. The, the redder we got, we could go to school and we could show them, man, I'm so sunburned. And we just thought that was great. Well, that was stupid, you know. And we used baby oil with iodine in it. Are you of that generation? <laughs> you know, and we wanted to burn. Well, you know, forget all that anyway. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm not going to read the, the blessings, the verse 14, but I want us to cover just a few of these curses because I'm out of time. Um, verse 15 says, But it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I commanded this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now you're probably going to, I'm going to have to have you go back and read those yourself because I'm out of time. But remember, when reading the 15, all of these curses, that Jesus took care of those curses. So you are redeemed from all of these things that's listed in the curses here. And you've got to know that. And here's one that I used uh, years and years ago. Thy son, in verse 32, thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand. But we're, reduced, we're redeemed from that. We're redeemed from that. You're going to enjoy your children. And another one, I don't know why I'm getting you on the children part. Um, in verse 41, it says, Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them. 
for they shall go into captivity. That's another curse. All of these are curses. We're redeemed from those. So you need to quote and, and remind the devil that these don't affect me. And, and uh, there's one more I want to read, and then I'm going to have to close out. Verse 61. This is, this is a very important one since we're talking about uh, health. Also, every sickness, listen to this, and every plague which is not written in this book of the law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. Talking about Satan there. But we are redeemed from every sickness, every plague, and every disease that's not even mentioned, that hasn't, doesn't even have a name yet. But they're naming them. They're name, trying to name them. But he says, we're redeemed from those. You've got to know that up here. And if it comes against your body, it has no right to stay on your body. It may come on your body. But it has no right to stay on your body. And you need to know this scripture that you have been redeemed. That, that Jesus carried every sickness and every disease. He took them. And he carried them to the cross. So... Satan is the instigator of all of these things, and I'm going to have to close. And we'll finish with our, our bodily healing next week and, and go a little bit further with, further with this. But um, and there's one scripture that I want to get to next week. It said, Jesus laid his hands. Well, the little woman that had the issue, we're going to get into this. They said, it said that she had a spirit of infirmity. And sometimes... We've got to know to take authority over the spirit of infirmity. And we'll take up with that next week. And it said that it goes on to say that Jesus laid his hands on her. And, and he overcame that power that was coming against her, that spirit. So sometimes we need to take authority over the spirit of infirmity. Amen.